Psalm 111. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him, and he will ever be mindful of his covenant. He hath showed his people the power of his works, that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Finding the strength to endure in the times that we are living in is oftentimes a challenge for the believer in Christ. Um, I don't know necessarily uh, that it's any more of a challenge than at other times in history, but we are living in a particular time in history where it seems to be, at least, that we are facing things that other generations perhaps did not have to face. But even at that, they had to deal with opposition in their lives, in their own situations, and in their own generation, and in their own time frame. So I don't think it's a question necessarily when, when we say uh, spiritual opposition in the last days. I, I don't know that it's a question uh, of it being any more difficult for Christians today than it was many years ago, although the Bible indicates that uh, things that, uh, that are hurtful, things that are harmful, things that come from the enemy will intensify just before the return of Christ. But be all that as it may, the fact remains that every one of us who name the name of Jesus, and especially uh, anyone who has a strong desire to do something for the kingdom of God, and I use that terminology a bit tongue-in-cheek, because we really can't do anything for God. I mean, God does not need us in one sense of the word, the greatest sense of the word. And yet God has designed it that his, that his entire body function in specific ways to accomplish his purposes in the earth. So in that sense of the word, he needs us all to be on our watch and on our duty post, uh, if you will, uh, in these last days. But at the same time, when I say do something for God, I mean that our heart's desire and, and, and our whole reason for living is to bring glory to Jesus Christ everywhere we go, everything we become involved with, and we want to see souls saved. Amen? We want to see people get right with God. We want to see Christians receive the encouragement that they need 
to make it through life. And sometimes that in and of itself can be a tremendous challenge. So today I'm going to read a little bit more uh, scripture than I normally read. And I want to give you about four points that can help you to find the strength that you need, and more pertinently, uh, to help you help someone else to find the strength that they need to get through spiritual opposition. Because you have to remember this, Satan is not in sympathy with anything about Jesus Christ. Satan hates you because he hates God. Satan will try to kill you, he will try to stop you, he will try to uh, steal from you, he will try to destroy you. Satan is on the prowl, he's our adversary seeking whom he may devour. So, you will face spiritual opposition. You will face those challenges, those outright attacks of the enemy. The outright uh, uh, effort of the enemy to destroy your faith in the days that we're living in. And more so, if you are a committed follower of Christ, if you are committed to the cause of making disciples. And so this is what we want to look at briefly today. I will not be preaching very long. But uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ezra, and the fourth chapter. That's Ezra chapter 4. And I'm going to read a, a lot of scripture here, possibly pausing uh, to give a little bit of commentary along the way, but trying to uh, get to the place where I can give you four things that I believe will be helpful to you. Uh, when you face spiritual opposition. The book of Ezra, chapter 4, verse 1, I'm reading from the ESV. Here's what the Bible says. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple to the Lord, the God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the heads of fathers' house, houses and said to them, let us build with you, for we worship your God as you do, and we have been sacrificing to him ever since the days of Eshardan, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Yeshua, and the rest of the heads of fathers' houses in Israel said to them, You have nothing to do with us in building a house to our God, but we alone will build to the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Now, how many knows that there comes a time in, in your life and in your ministry, there comes a time when it's wise not to connect with some people? It's wise, it's a mark of being led by the Holy Spirit to not connect with just everybody who wants to? And there's many reasons for that. We're not going to discuss that today, but I want you to notice the next verse. Verse 4, Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Sometimes... <clears throat> 
And this sadly takes place even in the church. You can hear the Lord calling you and telling you to go in a different direction perhaps than someone else wants you to go. And they will get angry and let the spirit of flesh come upon them. And they will try to actively turn other people against you and away from you. They will try to dry up your finances. They will try to dry up your support. They will, I've had people actually tell outright bald-faced lies about me. That's right, Christians now I'm talking about. Also, another favorite tactic of the enemy, and this is all under the heading C of spiritual opposition, a favorite tactic of the enemy is to automatically, whenever they have a disagreement with you over anything, they begin to question and attack your motive. They begin to attack your character over a disagreement. That, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to say this loud and clear, that is of Satan. We have no business treating members of the body of Christ in such fashion. Let's read the next uh, verse 6. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. So we can see here that this has gone on for quite some time. <clears throat> next verse, verse 7. In the days of Artaxerxes, Bishlam, Mithridath and Tabeel and the rest of their associates wrote to Artaxerxes, king of Persia. The letter was written in Aramaic and translated. Rahum, the commander, and Shishmashai, the scribe, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes, kings, as follows. And then it gives you what he said. This was an attack against this beleaguered people who faced opposition in doing what God had commissioned them to do. I want to say that again. Whenever you set out with an act of your will, an act of faith to obey God, there will always be those who will rise up in opposition, be they Christian, be they non-Christian. Inspired by Satan, empowered by dark design to thwart what God desires you to accomplish. There's many reasons for this. We could not list them all if we had all day to preach this message, and we do not. But in the book of Ezra, we read how they sought to rebuild the holy temple that had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar decades earlier. They faced stiff opposition from the locals, deceitful offers of help, and open attacks from the outside. How many of you have ever received an offer of help that was deceitful in design in order to penetrate and to get close to you, to either draw people unto themselves, or to undermine your efforts or whatever. As church leaders, you know exactly what Brother Paxton is talking about. You know exactly what I'm trying to say. This is what happened here. But in spite of all of this opposition, 
in spite of the deceit, in spite of the open character assassination attempts, in spite of all opposition, God's people, hallelujah, God's people successfully completed the temple restoration by developing a spiritual quality that you and I need to learn to develop in our spiritual life, and that quality is endurance. Endurance. God knows the Christian life is not easy. And anybody that tells you that it is easy, they don't know what they're speaking about. It will never get easy, no matter how long we live in this world. In this world, we will face opposition, both from the world and from the enemy of our souls. Jesus told us in John 16, verse 33, He said, In the world, you will have tribulation. Now, surrounded by such opposition, if we're going to live in a way that pleases God, then we have to develop endurance. The Bible says to run your race with patience. And that word patience could be translated also endurance. To patiently endure all opposition. And there's a reason for it, because God is busily developing the character of Christ in us. Now, let me say a word before we proceed further in the notes that I have written down here. Patiently enduring opposition is not getting out and blasting people on social media. I don't care. You know, some of you may not like that particular statement, but it's the truth anyway. Patiently enduring is not getting out Defending yourself, heralding a position, making your wants and wishes known as to the situation of opposition that you find yourself in. Patient endurance is relying upon the Lord Jesus Christ and keeping your focus on your task no matter what's going on around about you. You see, the periphery is a danger zone. Because we can often see just enough movement to catch the corner of our eye. And it throws off, for even a split second, our focus. It corrupts our vision for just a split second. And God wants us to learn that the meaning of endurance is not simply the fact that we have to go through opposition. Oh, we're just enduring it. Endurance goes farther than that. Endurance says, I will live and I will conduct myself in a Christ-like fashion. No matter what's going on on the periphery of my life. And I will not let it catch the corner of my eye. That's why they put blinders on horses, you know. I will not let it catch the corner of my eye and divert my gaze from my calling and from my task. Glory to God. That is the true meaning of endurance. It means finishing the race. It means running strong. And it means going forward in spite of opposition. Yes, Jesus said that we will have tribulation, but as we develop endurance, we become victorious in Christ in the midst of all opposition. 
The Bible is full of examples of people who endured opposition. Read your Bible sometime. The Bible is full of examples of people who have endured opposition to their work. And you will receive your reward as a result of your endurance. Glory to God. Hebrews 11 is often called the Faith Hall of Fame, and it lists some of those heroes. We're going to go there to Hebrews chapter 11. And there are four things that play a huge role in this issue of endurance. There are four things that if we will keep at the center of our focus, we will be able to not only endure ourselves, but to help others along the way. Remember I told you at the beginning of the message that this is not just for me. This is not just for me to get through a day. This is just not for me to have a happy life. This is not for me to get rid of opposition. This is not for you to get rid of your opposition either. The primary thing that God always has us, uh, especially in, in the church, God has us looking out for the other guy. How can I encourage someone else today? How can I buttress them in their faith? Glory to God. There are four things. The first one is encouragement from others. The writer of Hebrews encourages us to ponder the lives of those he lists here in chapter 11. He refers to them as a great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. This means we need to identify them. We need to read about them and we need to glean inspiring stories of endurance from their lives. Every one of these that you read about here in Hebrews 11, you read about Abel, you read about Enoch, you read about Noah and Abraham and Jacob and Moses, every single person. Do you think it was easy For them to do the exploits that God enabled them to do. Do you think it was uneventful and that people didn't criticize them? Man, I would have not liked too very much in my natural flesh to have been old Noah building that ark. He's out here, it ain't never rained before, and here's this guy building a boat, and nobody knew what a boat was, and the thing is huge. They mocked him. Of course they did. They ridiculed him. They, most of them didn't even know the God whose voice he was listening to. You see, dear friends, today you cannot allow these type of things to stop you. You need to receive encouragement from others. That's why it's dangerous. It's more than dangerous. I'll be honest with you, it's stupid to try to live the Christian life by yourself. You need to seek out fellowship with like-minded believers. You need to get yourself under a pastor. You need to be in a place where you can hear inspiring testimonies from those who have been walking the road along with you. Glory be to God. God created us for community. God created us for fellowship. And when we begin to embrace that, and when we lose the prideful attitude that says, well, bless God, I can make it on my own. I'm going to tell you, friend, no, you can't. 
And when you lose the prideful attitude, and you begin to reach out to others, you say, well, I've been hurt. I reached out, but I was refused. I asked, and they slammed the door in my face. They mocked me. They criticized me. They ridiculed me. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, when you begin to reach out to others, you'll be surprised at how many will reach back with an arm of love and help you run this race. So first of all, in order to face spiritual opposition successfully, we need to receive encouragement from others. Secondly, we need to get rid of hindrances. And this is big in all of our lives. And before I make any more comment on this, let me say this. When you hear the word sin, sin is bad. But let me, let me share this with you. People who sin do not grow three heads. You sin and I sin and we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it is up to each one of us to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to tell us what's going on in our lives that needs to stop or what we need to begin to do that we have not been doing to get rid of hindrances that will hinder us from running this race, this faith-filled race of endurance to the end. Hallelujah, the Bible says, He that is saved will endure to the end. So the hindrances have got to go. Hebrews tells us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. In Hebrews 12.1, this means we need to identify those things that could slow us down. And this will include certain sins that God brings to our attention when we're praying this prayer. Have you ever heard the old expression, if you didn't want to know, don't ask. <clears throat> I guarantee you <clears throat> that if you go to talking to God about, oh God, show me how to be more Christ-like. God, show me what displeases you, Lord. Help me to correct it. You start praying that way, God's going to show you a bunch of stuff. God's going to show you things that you need to lay down, that you need to lay aside. God's going to show you, He's going to change your theology. He's going to change your training. God's going to turn your world upside down. Glory to God. In order, because you see the Holy Spirit's business. You've heard me say this many times. The Holy Spirit's business is to conform the believer to the very image of Christ. That means that every bit of self, every bit of flesh has to go. And little by little. It's a lifelong process, and we never arrive in this life. But little by little, we begin to look more like Jesus. And tomorrow, I'm going to look a little more like Jesus. And I'm going to look a little more like Jesus a month from now, and a, a year from now, praise God. And should, should the Lord let me live by the end of my journey upon the earth, I'm going to look a whole lot more like Jesus than I did when I got saved and when I started. That's the Holy Spirit's function. That's His role. That's His business. So we get rid of the hindrances. And thirdly, the Bible simply tells us to run the race. You can't, you can't be, you cannot run the race laying in the bed. You cannot be a couch potato 
and run a race. You can't be lazy and move forward running your race. In Hebrews 12 and 1, it ends by telling us, let us run with endurance. Let us run with patience. Run with endurance. The race that is set before us. When the going gets rough, we don't run away and hide. We can't be quitters. The longer that you and I, listen to me, the longer that we push the limits, the stronger our faith becomes. Glory to God. So we receive encouragement from others. We get rid of hindrances. We run a race. Glory to God. And fourth and finally for this little message today, we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12 and 2 advises us to keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Nothing helps us endure like seeing the final prize before us. And that prize is Christ Himself. Glory to God. You hear me? You hear me, saints? The prize is not a bigger house or a better car or a finer suit of clothes. The, the prize is not a bigger bank account. The prize that you and I strive for as citizens of the kingdom of heaven in the culture of Jesus, the prize that we strive for is Jesus Christ Himself. Hallelujah. To have all of Him. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people, in, in, especially in songs, they constantly sing about, I've got to have more of Jesus. I want all of Jesus to have all of Him in every aspect for Him to be my all in all as He declares Himself in the New Testament to be. That is the prize. And these things do not happen overnight. There is a training process involved for you and I as Christians. We were born uh, under the fall. The verdict of the fall. We were born flesh. We were born with sinful natures. And the Lord has to retrain us. Because even though we got born again, man, we still live in this flesh body. And we still live on an earth that has been cursed by the fall. And we still have to deal with people who don't believe like we do. And we have to deal with Christians who allow themselves to get ugly and, uh, and allow the devil to use them. We've got to go through all of this spiritual opposition just to get to the end of our race. But you know what? Jesus has promised if you'll run that race, if you'll receive encouragement from others that I have set in the body of Christ... If you'll get rid of the hindrances as I make you aware of them, God says. He says, if you'll run your race, if you'll fix your eyes on Christ, then you're going to make it through every opposition of the enemy. You are going to cross that finish line with the glory of God in your sights. You are going to receive the prize. Do you want the prize? Then you must endure. And Jesus promises to help you endure. And he's given us in this little message this morning four points. 
to help us endure. And here's how I want to leave you today. Don't just be concerned with you enduring by yourself. But go out today, tomorrow, and the day after that, and every day, and help someone else to develop endurance in their lives, to develop hope in their hearts, to develop victory in their walk with Christ. You do that not by biting critical words every time something's said or done you don't agree with. Who cares what you agree with anyway? You do that by loving them and befriending them in the name of Jesus Christ, by overlooking some things that you don't like, and by grabbing close a hold of your brothers and sisters in the Lord, and said, we're going to endure to the end together. And we're going we're gonna to hit that finish line, and we're going to hit it running. Hallelujah. And we're going to build the kingdom of Jesus while we are on this earth, and we're going to do it together. Come on, let's go. Come along with me now as we build the kingdom of Jesus. Glory be to God. Heavenly Father, thank you today. Thank you for this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of your word. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for choosing us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, help us to reach out to others today, others who are facing spiritual opposition. Lord, help us in the midst of our opposition to never quit and never give up and help us to reach out to others who are experiencing opposition and run this race to the finish line together. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray for a mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit to mantle every listener right now, to mantle us, Lord God, to mantle us, God, and give us the inner strength, infuse us, dear Lord, with the inner strength to go forward in the mighty name of Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray, and everybody would say, amen and amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish.